0: Welcome to Irresistible, a community of practice in collective healing and social change. Because our commitment to justice and to our own lives is compelling, joyful, and irresistible. I'm your host, Kate Warning, and this week we're going rapid response style no music, no sound design, just straight to the point. Two days ago, we republished a critical conversation that was shared under our previous name, Healing Justice, back in April 2018. Candace Montgomery and Miski Noor of Black Visions Collective in the Twin Cities took time to share with us about the 18-day police station occupation that followed the police murder of Jamar Clark in Minneapolis in 2015. They shared about how healing, escalation, and direct action can and need to go hand in hand. Find that episode wherever you're listening. It's called Sustaining Ourselves When Confronting Violence. As Misky recently said in an article in Time magazine, these protests are the community grieving. The emotional, physical, and spiritual care elements of supporting grief and rage to move through us and into changing the world are so essential. We desperately wish that this episode wasn't so timely right now during the Movement for Black Lives Week of Action in Defense of Black Life. For so many of our movements, times like now, the moments when we are experiencing the most direct, deep, racialized trauma, emergency, and injustice, when we really need to slow down for our own emotional well-being, are often the very moments that we also need to give the most, to escalate, to organize actions, hone our message, and fight back. And holding that grief and rage and danger with skill and sacrifice and action all at the same time is a lot to ask of ourselves. And few know that particular intersection of grief, risk, pain, and hustle more intimately than the folks of the Movement for Black Lives. Today's practice is the one they offered in conjunction with that conversation in 2018, to help us think about healing and care in a direct action context. They'll talk us through some examples, including powerful actions they led during the 2018 Super Bowl in Minneapolis, and they'll give us some questions that we can ask ourselves when planning for the preparation time before a big action, how we can center care during the action itself, and the need for aftercare and follow-up, and what this all can look like. This practice format is a little more workshoppy. You'll hear questions and ideas from Miski and Candace, and you might want to have something available to take some notes and consider how what they share applies to whatever actions you are currently working on. As you listen, we urge you to think about how these principles can translate to right now. Some of these suggestions we don't have the luxury of doing in this moment. We don't have weeks to plan everything that's going on right now, but we do have weeks to plan what we are going to do in a few weeks. And it may not be safe to gather in groups in person any more than we need to because of COVID-19, but how can we apply these principles in motion and apply them virtually? How each of us support the care and healing of our siblings who have been in many forms of direct action is still a very relevant question that we can be asking ourselves. So you'll hear Miski and Candace refer to BLM, which is short for the Black Lives Matter Global Network, where they both worked at the time of this recording. They are now both active with Black Visions Collective in Minneapolis, where Candace is the director and part of the movement for Black Lives. Here's Miski and Candace.
1: Hey, y'all. Um, this is Miski. Hey, this is Candice. And we are so excited for y'all to join us for thinking about how to really take care <laughs> of you um, and your people um, while you are engaging um, in direct action. Um, or like confronting the state um, in order to, uh, to create a better world for all of us. And um, the way we really want to think about this is, you know, what are you doing before the action? What are you doing during and what are you doing after? Um, uh, You know, so when we're talking about what is happening during the direct action, um, it is not just how are you thinking about healing justice um, in the action, right? Um, It's something that you have to be thinking about and and is central to the work um, before you even put your bodies on the line. Um, and so for the first part, um, in thinking about before care, right? Um, it's really important that you're actually framing up what you want for your movement and really thinking about um, thinking about some key questions. Uh, what is the story, right? What is the story that um, your action is going to tell um, about your people in this moment? Uh, for the example of, um, of the Super Bowl action, um, where we here in Minneapolis, uh, with a, you know, Black Visions Collective, uh, with a, a larger coalition of folks known as, um, Divest Invest Minnesota, um, we, we really wanted to tell the story of how we were demanding that the city of Minneapolis, um, really divest from violence. Um, invest in community and imagine what's possible. Um, and that was really important uh, for us because it was a way for us to really thinking about, think about the experience, right? Um, we wanted the experience of the work that we were doing to be liberatory and to be iman- imaginative and visionary um, about the world that we could create, um, a, a world that actually like supports um, and cares for our people. Um, so that, that really helped to make sure that people were trying to embody that in the work that we were doing. Um, and it's really important, like I, th- I think like um, one principle I would think about um, when you're thinking about the experience, um, your experience, your community's experience, the experience of those who who are, who are risking, um who are risking themselves um, for our liberation. Is really thinking about aiming for wholeness, right? Aiming for a whole experience that um, cares for people before, during, and after. Aiming for a whole experience that is thinking about people's emotional well being and physical well being. Thinking about um, if folks are getting a good meal um, so that they can, uh, so their body is supported, if folks are drinking enough water, um, you know, if folks have the support that they need um, to to show up as their best selves, right? Um, So, really asking yourself, you know, what kind of people. Um, Do you want walking away from your action, right? Um, And is this action creating the kind of community that you want, Um, a community that is in line with your values, um, and a community that um, really is able to care for each other, um, even and especially in moments of crises?
2: The second piece that we want to name around building up this practice is thinking about the during care um, of an action. Um, and the principle that you are really striving for here is how do we make um, the the work of fighting for our liberation feel liberatory? Um, and how do we circumvent some of the systems that... Um, in these high crisis moments, oftentimes, um, try to get in our way of being able to do that. Um, and so when it came to the Super Bowl action that we're using as an example here, um, it's really actually like the during care is actually a bunch of other prep care as well of thinking about how do you create, um, legal support systems that affirm all aspects of someone's identity um, and give folks the information that they need to, to, you know, navigate a really otherwise com- confusing system. Um, how do you make sure that there are things on the ground that are really necessary? The basics, like Miski said, water, um, but also ways that hope to hold people's energy and spirit Um Thinking about, you know, like all of the different senses of our body, all the ways that our bodies need to be nourished in those high intensity moments. Um, and at the same time, how are you realistic? So. Um, you know, in Minnesota, when we were doing the Super Bowl action, unfortunately, we could not bring heaters down to where we were doing our action. Um, and so had to think about ways that we kept people warm, um, but also prepared people um, in the right way to understand like this is going to be a really cold thing and making sure folks are able to make those choices and have the information that they need um, about what is going to happen during the action. Um, and then the last piece of that is just a lot of really intentional planning um, and asking yourself lots of questions around what what is, what is going to happen here that I need to think about um, and then who is actually going to do the thing during the action, making sure that those roles are actually delegated um, and that they're taken really seriously. So we had folks not only who are in lockboxes, but we had one to two people per person in a lockbox, um, giving them water, holding up their arms, changing around their socks, fixing their boots, things like that, um, because it wasn't just about making sure people can stand in lockboxes, but make sure that they felt as comfortable, especially knowing that they could be spending a couple nights in jail um, during the action. So really thinking about what's the during care for people, both like body, mind, spirit, um, that's going to be necessary to, to make sure that um, people don't dread coming to your next, next direct action, basically. And then the last piece that we'll both kind of speak on is the post-care work. Um, so oftentimes you have this like really high intensity action um, where a bunch of hopefully newspapers are printing it out and it's gone viral on social media um, locally or maybe even nationally. Um, and we kind of just leave it at that. Um, but I think that the, the two pieces are um, celebration and then healing um, post uh, post actions. And maybe you can talk about how that looked for us during the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So one of the ways in which we wanted to take care of our folks afterwards is even just providing space to process, right? Like you go through an intense action, put your body on the line out in like, you know, negative 19 degree weather. Um, You deserve a hot meal, (laughs) like a foot rub and like some conversation about um, the risk that you just took. So you know working with people's movement center they hosted us and we held like a debrief dinner um and just had a facilitated conversation about you know what was coming up for people um what did they feel like was successful what did they feel like was was what was missing um you know what um what is it that they wanted to change for the future um because they actually wanted to come back and and um uh, which I think is a is, is a success, and it and it's also because um, we were thinking about you know ways to care for our folks and to to stay connected beyond just the the um, high intensity action. Um, so in that space, um, folks were also able to access um, body workers. Right, um, there's folks who are doing um, like um, cranial sacrum massage and um, really. Um, uh, really just caring for people's, um, bodies and spirits in in the space afterwards. Um, and so that was, that was really dope. Um, and I think another way that we try to create consistent healing space, um, is through Black Joy Sunday. Uh, so it's a practice of a lot of folks throughout the movement. It's not just our chapter or just the BLM network. Um, a lot of folks participate in Black Joy Sunday where it's just, uh, um, you know, exist to create space for Black folks to come together, um, to decompress, to um, participate in, like, creating music together or, um, you know, um, creating new practices with each other or dance or just having conversation um, and and really be able to um, connect with each other um, and create um, some of that space that we don't get um in just our regular everyday lives or the regular everyday world where we can be really intentional about cultivating black joy. Um, cause we know that is the root of our res- resilience. Um, and, and so black joy Sunday is one vehicle, uh, one space, um, happens, um, every first and third Sunday, um, of the month. Um, and so, and, and, and that's, that's one of the ways that we're continuously, um, Trying to one of our practices for continuously trying to refill, refuel ourselves, and um, strengthen our connection to one another.
2: I would just also say celebration, like lots and lots of celebration, um, and I think that really comes in particular in thinking about what is the win um, and having a frame around that beforehand, um, and celebrating that. Um, whether or not you hit it or not, Um, the fact that you tried um, is really critical. I think it helps to keep hope going. It helps for people to feel purpose. Um, And we just need more time to celebrate ourselves. Um, And that should look like whatever forms, if it means a night out on the town dancing with um, the team or having a kickback at someone's spot, just a way to really... Um, you know, throw up your feet and celebrate the hard work you did. Um, because too much of this work goes unnoticed, um, and goes without thanks. And so it's the simple ways that we can do that. Um, that's really, really critical to, to making sure that we can continue to do this work. And I think that's our practice. Yeah. So thinking about those three steps, Asking yourself those sets of questions um, and really like what we're offering is um, when we're implementing direct actions, being intentional and thinking about how are we bringing healing into every aspect of our work um, continuously.
0: A big thank you to Miski and Candice for that practice. To support their work, you can check out the link to donate to the Black Visions Collective in the show notes. You can download our corresponding conversation, the episode right before this one, called Sustaining Ourselves When Confronting Violence, to hear about the 18-day police station occupation in Minneapolis following the police murder of Jamar Clark, and how healing, escalation, and direct action went hand-in-hand in those moments. Please follow Black Visions Collective and the Movement for Black Lives for important and trustworthy calls to action and places to give money to right now. Yesterday, our team published a really comprehensive resource list called Healing Resources for BIPOC Organizers and Allies Taking Action for Black Lives. We've got practices listed there for direct action, ideas for many ways to participate in the movement right now, Black-led practices for healing from racialized trauma, practices for solidarity and growing in your education and the way you show up for non-Black POC and white folks, and resources for strategic reflections for the long haul. You can find it all at our Medium account at medium.com slash at irresistible movements, and it's also linked all over our social media. Thank you to Allison Thompson for running social and to Calliopeia Foundation for supporting us. Calliopeia is dedicated to reconnecting ecology, culture, and spirituality. And you can learn more at calliopeia.org. Stay safe out there and keep taking the actions that you can to defend Black lives. We're with you.